0: Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome back to Eyes on the Prize. Maybe you knew this podcast existed, maybe you didn't. But I'm Jeff Eisenman, and I started this podcast at the beginning of this pandemic thinking, well, I don't know what's about to go on with sports, with esports, let's create some compelling content, interview compelling guests, talk about compelling uh, topics related to sports and esports, and I got off to a good start, but for uh, what we'll call good news, um, I got a lot of paid work, which is important, folks, and things that took a lot of my time away from committing myself to really doing this podcast best as best I possibly could. And so I put it on the side for a bit, and I've been wanting to get back into it, wanting to get back into it. I feel like I've learned a lot. I feel like there are a lot of things that I want to talk about and a lot of people I want to talk to in this industry. And then all of a sudden, something kind of falls into my lap, which is NBA Top Shot, which the community lead who was hired just back in October, Jacob Eisenberg, happens to be one of my best friends since sixth grade. Yes, all teachers would get us confused at Mamaronek High School, Jacob Eisenberg. And Jeff, I was Jeffrey Eisenband, more so at the time, Homics Middle School. And then Jack Settleman, who's someone I've befriended in the industry, the host of Snapback Sports, the founder of Snapback Sports, who just bought a LeBron James moment for $47,500. So if you're listening to this podcast, maybe you're my grandma and you just want to hear what what I'm doing with my life right now. Or maybe you're someone that's interested in NBA Top Shot and wondering, what is it? You've heard the word crypto thrown around. You've heard the word uh, moments, digital sports cards. And I'll tell you, they define themselves. I'm looking at, at a post from the CEO as an NBA experience for collectors and gamers. Basically, there are tradable highlights that are called moments that you can open digital packs the same way that you used to open in-person sports cards with. Um, And you can trade them. You can sell them. There's a whole market. uh, And you don't have to, we'll get into it. You don't have to know about crypto to do this, but there is a whole buying and selling market going on right now. Uh, Jack gets into, he actually refers to it as almost like the sports stock market. Um, And so me, I'm just very curious right now. Jacob's been telling me to get into this, but I was very curious. What is it? uh, Why should we care? And how can we actually develop something out of it? So I want to give this also out in front. I was not paid. No one pays me for NBA Top Shot. I just wanted to highlight who are they? What are they? What are they doing? Because I think a lot of people are really just interested in what's going on right now. So this is Eyes on the Prize, all about understanding NBA top shot. And I hope that you enjoy with Jacob Eisenberg and Jack Settleman. All right. I'm here with Jacob Eisenberg and Jack Settleman. Uh, I was telling you guys, right? I'm trying to figure out how to come back with this podcast and what it it just feels like it fell into my lap here. We have Jacob Eisenberg, who is the the community lead at Dapper Labs. Dapper Labs, I guess, owning or you can correct me on that terminology at some point, Jacob, owning NBA top shot. Um, And then happens to be my friend since middle school that I can pinpoint the exact time that Jacob and I met was the day before the first day of school in sixth grade. We were both, it was the first time you get lockers, you have cubbies in elementary school. And my name is Jeff Eisenband, Jacob's is Jacob Eisenberg. So that was the start of us having lockers next to each other our whole lives and teachers confusing us through 12th grade. So, so that, that happened. That's why I'm glad that we have Jacob here. And then Jack Settleman, creator and CEO of Snapback Sports, um, has had a number of other roles, which you can share or not share if you don't want to, Jack. But, um, you know, almost like a, a Gen Z sports media czar, I would say, and really turned heads a week ago. We're taping this on Wednesday, January 27th, when you organized a group It's not often that someone in their twenties, like you organizes a group to buy a digital highlight of LeBron James for $47,500. So I want to get into that. Um, We're talking about NBA top shot, which is, well, I guess I'll let Jacob explain because I'm just going to botch it. Jacob, what is NBA top shot? And I'm sure you've made this elevator pitch a few times in the last two weeks.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. Pleasure to be here. I have seen you grow for years and really (laughs) exciting to be a part of the pod. Um, We'll have an eventual eventual podcast where you'll just tell all about my life. This guy had a huge home run in ninth grade, still hasn't dropped. Um, Yeah. So NBA Top Shot is the future of sports collectibles. That's kind of the the one sentence uh, line that I would throw out. Uh, essentially, you know, hearkening back to the thrill of trading cards, you know, opening up a pack and getting uh, a a nice pull in that pack. We've digitized that experience. We've created a marketplace that is scorching hot um, and parts and elements of being a, a collector are all about kind of finding steals of deals and NBA top shot and just the instantaneous nature of being able to pull a great moment from a pack and being able to kind of exchange and interact with other uh, collectors in the marketplace really creates this hybrid experience that I think is part investing, part collecting, and uh, part maybe daily fantasy sports even. So it really does kind of check off all those boxes and itch or scratch the itch that a lot of um, sports fans really have been seeking for years. Jack, just so you know, he's talking about that home run that I hit
0: in freshman baseball in ninth grade. All my friends on the team came in the next day and and claimed that I was lying, that I hit a home run. And there are still people that we went to high school with to this day that don't think it actually happened. So I'm glad that Jacob started off by saying that it was a real thing. Uh, One more, just because Jacob, a lot of people are gonna say, uh, I don't get it. What is it? If I have a baseball card, it is a tangible card that I can hold in my hand. Jack's holding up right now for the camera. That does not look like a card that, yeah, that is a piece I printed out.
2: I printed out the Mickey Mantle that sold for 5.2 million. It's my favorite prop right now.
0: So yeah, he could just show it like that. Now, now, there are people that would say the same thing. You know, Jack just held up a paper card that's the same image as that baseball card. If I'm looking at an NBA highlight, I can just YouTube the highlight. Also, I'm not sure if Top Shot has volume. I've been trying to figure that out as I navigate through the app. Through, I shouldn't call it an app because there's no app yet uh, through the website, but why should people care about highlights?
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, By volume, I assume you mean like audio, right? On the moment itself. Yes. Uh, So there is no audio right now. That's something that might come down the road. Um, But yeah, I think Jack holding off the prop of a Mickey Mantle baseball card says it all, right? Or for that matter, I could go to Etsy or Amazon and buy a print of the Mona Lisa and hang it on my wall. No one really cares about the col- the item itself um, unless it's authentically licensed or authenticated in some way. And NBA Top Shot, of course, exists on blockchain, the Flow blockchain, also a, a product launched by Dapper Labs. And it allows for true ownership and authenticated scarcity. So... Uh, for example, be it Jack's LeBron dunk, um, we know that there are less than 50 of those in the world. Uh, I believe from the top was out of uh, 49. It could have been 59, but 59. we know that 59. So we know that there are only 59 of those in the world. Uh, we can trace exactly who owns which serial number of which. Um, Jack got LeBron's jersey match of number 23. So that. Uh, Historically, we've seen first mints being serial number one, and the Jersey match are the two most valuable and coveted of those moments uh, in existence. And yeah, I, I mean, again, I would just go back to trying to explain trading cards to someone 125 years ago would have been on a different planet. And then you know, fast forward 100 years ago, Honus Wagner's T206. Like all of a sudden, people understand it's all about supply and demand, and we can fix or we can establish a scarcity on blockchain that ensures that the demand will always be higher than the supply. And if you're a big fan of a specific team, be it your Knicks and you want to collect uh, a highlight from Carmelo Anthony's career high night uh, in 2014, or you're a huge LeBron fan and you want to get uh, a moment from his first finals appearance with the LA Lakers. These are things that are only possible on uh, and be a top shot. And because it can be authenticated through blockchain, we can trace the origins of every moment and make sure that it's authenticated and scarce. Well, there will be people that would say, well, you could, anyone could, could just
0: watch it. Um, but I understand I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm saying what the devil's advocate is going to say here, because, you know, in my mind, it's almost like we're, if you could sit around in 1915 and be like, Hmm, I wonder if that Honus Wagner card that, they, you know, there wasn't printed that much is going to be worth something one day. I get where uh, we're, we're kind of, that's the era that we're in with potentially digital highlights, but Jack. All right. So you're, you're uh and but I want to backtrack one sec. Jacob only started at Dapper Labs in October. And he's yeah. been trying to tell me for like, he was telling me for two months to start on this NBA top shot thing. And I was like, what is this, Jacob? Is this really? And then, uh, you know, you get in, I, I was a little late. I'll, I'll say that. Um, you know, not that I'm kicking myself that much or anything. I am. But um, Jack, you're sitting around and you see this thing start to develop, which hasn't been around that long. And, and maybe you start trying it out and you start trading and think the prices are really low. And you're a big reason why the prices have been driven up and why there has been eyeballs on this. How did you know that this was going to be important enough? And how did you know that it was worth spending $47,500 on a LeBron highlight, which is LeBron doing the Kobe dunk, uh, you know, shortly after Kobe's uh, passing. So roughly a year ago, this happened.
2: Yeah, so it's funny. Like a lot of people want to give me credit and act like I was like early to pick this up. If you actually go to the activity under my profile, I bought an early adopters pack six months ago. And then I buy 10 premium packs as well. So I spend about 250 bucks six months ago. The next activity is four months later, only two months ago or about two months ago. So we can't see exactly what that date is, but I was not, I didn't really get it. I was super interested when they released the beta, they released a wait list. I emailed, I did some digging, but I didn't get it. I just did not understand it. Wait, could Same I just way- how'd you even know
0: about the beta at first?
2: I saw a tweet. I think it was either from the NBA or from somewhere that they were tagged in. And I had just followed the account forever because I love I, you know, I have Bitcoin. I love crypto. I love the NBA. So it made sense as a logical fit. I think then trading cards make a huge boom in March. So I'm kind of invested in those. And then I don't know what got me back into it two months ago. But in August, so that's going to be in between, like right after probably I bought the first packs, I was actually DMing with Pranksy, who I end up buying the moment from. And, and it's a short conversation, but it's funny looking back, like, what if I had just bought all that stuff? If I had spent 50K back in August, it would be I would own the platform. So um it, it was funny that like everyone labels me as like an early adopter when really like there's some people on the platform who they had faith from day one. And maybe even before Jacob was was working there. And they're they're the true the true whizzes. Yeah. Well
1: yeah, like J- I said, just I to could piggyback back there. That, Jacob. <laughs> you you could have just to piggyback back off of Jack. Uh, we do have a handful of collectors whose account valuations, and this is another cool thing about blockchain, is that the intangible market is up. You can plug in any username's collection into intangible.market, and you can see what the floor of all of their moments in the collection would go for on the marketplace. I think Jack can attest these moments are highly liquidable, right? Like you can post yeah. a moment and expect it to sell. If you're underpricing it, it will sell very very quickly. And then just to Jack's defense, since his $47.5 thousand uh, purchase, uh, that same LeBron edition has sold for a hundred thousand. So he, he, he looks like he got a bargain there compared to the trajectory of the past week. Which one was that number one that sold for a hundred thousand? That was number one, yeah.
2: But I do believe there was one from that set that was not like a specific serial that sold for like 71. So we we feel good about the investment.
1: Number five went for 71,000. So uh, that LeBron, I think, I do think Jack had a, a big catalyzing effect on people realizing how special that moment was. Yeah.
0: Well, I think the other thing is so Jack bought number 23. For obvious reasons. Um, and you just mentioned one, you mentioned other numbers. Is that something that Jacob, the top shot was pushing, or is that something that just the market starts? And you guys have mentioned words like crypto that are bigger than my vocabulary,
1: but is that something that the market creates itself? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's very foundational to trading card collectors. I've traded, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. card rookies for years. And, uh, before I think around 2000, I would say serial numbers on trading cards was not that popular a thing, and it's become increasingly popular over time. And first mints, last mints, you know, those have become firmly entrenched in the trading card collect uh, the the community as highly important. Um, so uh, to someone maybe outside of the space, it might seem odd why, you know, number 23 or number one is valued that much higher, Um, but it's absolutely a thing. And uh, you you can see that bear out in Top Shot's marketplace today, right? Like you can go to a moment, you can get a Tyrese Maxi, for example, his his first bucket in the NBA. You can get at the floor, which is around a hundred bucks right now for a random serial number in like the 3000s. Or you can spend a real premium over a thousand bucks to get a serial number, maybe under 200. So we, we definitely see that collectors want to flex and get the the best serial number they can get. And uh, that definitely plays out. Um, I don't know if it was intentional, but it was certainly something we were cognizant about as we were launching the product. I want to get back to that long-term potential, but to, to finish this LeBron
0: dunk, this I'm going to keep saying it 47,500. And you mentioned that now we're up to hundred thousand dollar purchases of digital NBA highlights without audio, just so everyone continues to understand. And obviously Dapper labs and NBA top shot creating the value in how much of these highlights are digitally printed. Jack, you do well for yourself, but you didn't put up the whole $47,500. Um, how did you convince other people to go in with you on this? There's a
2: lot of trust in my friend group, which is (laughs) is for good or for bad. That's saying a
0: lot. Because, Jacob, I don't think I would have been able to do this with our friends.
2: It is saying a lot. And the thing I lean on the most, I think, like, you're crediting a lot of maybe the boom to my purchase. I credit a lot to Bales when he bought the the John Morant. I worked with Bales at Action Network, so I know how smart he is. I knew the guys that bought it with him were extremely smart. So because of that, half of my pitch to my friends was there's people in this that are way smarter than me, which I take pride in. Like I want, the, if I was the smartest one saying be in this, I would have no interest in it. So I already know there's a ton of really smart people They have the NBA license. When you actually think about the moment, I was kind of shocked. I get that the Cosmic is the legendary. It's the first, it's, it's LeBron James. But this moment, I think that's what's unique and what the market's going to start to figure out maybe is that moments are different than sports cards. A LeBron James rookie card will always have nothing other than a picture of him as a rookie. There's no moment tied to it. What's unique about these is this dunk is so iconic and it's such a special moment that I think that holds weighted value. Similarly to the John Morant, like that's his best moment from his rookie year and from his young career versus a guy like Zion, where he's known for dunking, but his first moment is a block. So I think that's where it gets a lot on market speculation of, because I, I appreciate the dunk over his cosmic dunk, but it really matters what the market thinks. If that's our end goal is to sell it, we don't even have, it doesn't matter what matters to me. It really matters what the market thinks about it.
0: Uh, Jacob, you guys are on to series two, at least right now. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. Series one, which lasted, what, when did when did NBA Top Shot debut?
1: In June of last year. That In June, when, of, June of 2020. When, that's correct. That's when the closed beta started. That's when someone like Jack, who's super entrepreneurial, may have found a tweet and signed up for the beta. Uh, we opened beta, which basically meant you can sign up. the The floodgates are somewhat opened uh without kind of getting approval from our team. That started on October first, which coincided directly with like kind of uh the playoffs starting in the NBA. So um yeah, dating back to June is when collectors first got in. And obviously those collectors are patting themselves on the back right now. Yep. And again, as I mentioned,
0: you told me to get in early and I didn't. Um, anyway. Again, I'm not bitter over this or anything like that, Jacob. I'm mad at myself. Um, but I, I bring it up also because we're on to series two. I have some, I, I listen, I've I've been trading a little bit in the last week and I've gotten, you know, on a much smaller scale than Jack, but I'm seeing cards where you can see past sales. I'm seeing, you know, series one cards that were sold for I shouldn't call them cards, high moments, series one moments that were sold for two dollars that I've bought for $34 and I'm putting up for $68. You know, I'm trying to flip double my profit. And, you know, that's, we're seeing this grow very fast. I spoke to someone who I trust in this industry who said, you know, we were talking about the long-term, what NBA Top Shot shot is going to be like long-term. We were saying, you know, maybe by series 20, we're talking about kids, Buying five dollar packs of moments the same way that we did as kids, the three of us probably, you know, buying a tops or upper deck set of, you know, pack of baseball cards at the corner store for $4.99. I get a smile out of Jacob referencing a Larchmont establishment. I'm I'm shocked that you
1: think they sold for as cheap as $4.99.
0: Yeah, maybe there were some other places for the Westchester people out there, Squiggies. Uh, Jacob and I went to Mamar- Mamarineck High School. If that's not clear. What is, What do you see as the future of NBA top shot? As you'd imagine, the casual or not casual, we should call it the common market will probably plateau a bit. You'll still have Series 1 and Series 2 having value for years down the line. But what do you think the future holds?
1: Yeah, I think that uh, that series 20 projection that you are anticipating, we're already kind of seeing that bear out. We, we've heard countless stories of uh, fathers and mothers uh, opening packs with their children. Uh, the instant gratification, like I, I can think of the few times I went to card shows uh, growing up, I was so overwhelmed because I wanted to get the best deals. I wanted to see every booth and see what they had to offer. That's all now centralized on NBA Top Shot. There's no worry about kind of trying to get this all in a concentrated two-hour experience at a card show at, you know, in the White Plains Mall or whatever. Um, but on top of that- the Westchester Mall. The Westchester Mall. Oh, well, I think it was the, the White Plains Convention Center, but neither here nor there. Um, but on top of the fact that all of these moments are always just available on the site for you to kind of scour the market and see what the best deals are, um, we're going to continuously improve the, the product. I think we're already seeing in series two, uh, the NBA has more, more hands on deck to help us cut the highlights in a more precise fashion. So we're seeing the moments, uh, even more sparkling and shiny than ever before. Um, we're going to get experimental with certain things, uh, more details on that later, but I think the sky's the limit. You know, we want to make this more social. We want to make this Uh, more exciting than it already is. And I think a lot of that can be done through things like live breaks, uh, where you can get a group of friends together and kind of randomly assign serial numbers. Whichever moment you pull from this pack goes to the randomly assigned serial number. If, the you know, like Jeff gets serial number three, he pulls uh, a moment with the serial number 33, it goes to him because the last digit's a number three. Um, But yeah, I I think like the sky's the limit. We want to make it more social. Uh, It's highly uh, highly fun for our our collectors already, but uh, there there are a lot of things in the works. Uh, We're aware of uh, partner, or we're aware of uh, people like uh, Steve Bierman who have created the Intangible Market where you can check your account valuation, but there are also other uh, very interested uh, collectors that have launched fantasy games around Top Shot too. So there's a lot coming. We, you know, at NBA Top Shot are solely focused on improving the core platform. And of course, we have uh, Top Shot Hardcourt coming down the pipeline, which is our mobile game, uh, where the moments you collect will actually impact uh, your team's performance in the mobile game. So uh, I know you're a big uh, 2K broadcaster, but hopefully we can get you playing some, uh, some Top Shot Hardcourt in the not too distant future.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I just and when I make the intro, I'll tape the intro for this later. I'm going to say, no one's paying me here, all right? I, I happen to be friends with you, Jacob and Jack, but no one's paying me from NBA Top Shot. Um, but we'll talk about that after. No, um, uh, you know, I think it's, that's one interesting also thing that I said, there's no app yet. You know, Jack mentioned being on the beta. And I feel like in a way, this has grown so fast as we see that you guys are continuing to to go through maintenance and engineer as fast as you can that this influx of users has jumped into the beta uh, in a way that perhaps wasn't you know expected. I-, I tell people who say to me, "Why? Why do I care about these highlights? Why did you care about sports cards when you were growing up?" You know, it's you, you know I'm imagining kids on an app, not just kids, uh, adults like us, young adults, plenty adults. of grown adults. Yeah, plenty of grown adults who are. Um, who are gonna be sh- trading with friends and showing off you know, what they have. Actually, I mean, Jack, you held up the Mickey Mantle card before. You were deep in the, uh, in the, the card trading sphere as well.
2: What similarities have you seen between the two? A lot of similarities uh player performance projected player performance kind of represents their value in the market so lebron is historically great john zion have historically great potential so that's kind of correlating their prices unfortunately i kind of see a lot of differences um and i think that's a negative for the card market lack of liquidity that's like I i would say i lost passion in the physical card space because of a few things lack of liquidity right I wanted, we were, we were trading cards during the bubble and, you know, I was giving out some tips to some buddies and it's like Bowl and MPJ great buys by the time those cards got in and then I could relist them. They're already back on the bench. Cause the playoffs had started top shot. You could literally, after one Bowl performance, you could have flipped that for three X five x in seconds. So I think that's one of them. Number two is everyone uh, has seen like series two come out and there's 12,000 minted and people are like, Uh, These aren't that high value. And then you go look at like a PSA pop report and there's 15,000 Luka Doncic prisms graded, graded. That's not like, so we not only- This is is somewhat, that's somewhat gibberish to me. What does that mean? All right, let me break that down for you. So PSA is the grading company. You get, you rip open a pack, you get a card and then you send it and it gets a number on a scale of one to 10. Um, So you can go onto their website. That's their only transparency to say how many cards are out there. But we don't know how many cards were even printed. But these Luka Doncic based prisms ungraded go for like 300, 500 bucks. And there could literally be a million like like uh, Panini is not they don't have to tell us how many they printed. And we already know based off how many are graded. So the modern era of sports cards really scare me because there is no scarcity whatsoever, unless you're talking about the elite of the elite cards a national treasures product. So I think those two things really scare me. So how are we going to play in the digital age? And then utility, like, okay, you want to have the tangible asset, right? Like that's everyone in the card community's kind of thing as to why Top Shot may not be what it, what it seeks to be. But there's, like, even if you can hold it, what can you do besides hold it? The guy, Rob G., who bought the card, the first thing he did was take a picture. He showed it off like we're discussing. The second thing he did was he digitized his card. He put it in a vault. He sent it away because you can crack the card. Air quality can ruin the card. There's, there's essentially only bad things that can happen in holding that tangible asset. So that's another thing I think people don't realize they're already digitizing every single thing they have. So, I mean, I could go on for for days. Jacob's just nodding his he head in agreement.
0: Well, noticed, I just, yeah. I almost want to know, Jacob. There's no Russian hackers trying to get into NBA Top Shot yet, are there?
1: No, I no. I, so, I will say this: we have some of the best engineers in the world, and it takes the best engineers in the world to launch a blockchain. Like that is way over my head. Like how I'm just impressed every day, um, and. I I think that we're always two steps ahead of any, any nefarious actors. And, you know, we, we do see, um, you know, we, we have a a reservation system because our drops right now are, are too hot. We can't, we can't drop a pack without kind of a lot of collector frustration. So we have a a reservation system uh, in the works for the the most recent pack drop. And uh, we're getting, you know, 90% 90% open rates on like people are really hungry to get a hand on these packs. And we're just trying to, to keep up with the demand while still maintaining scarcity in the supply. Um, and, and that's always been kind of the, the core element of being a collector, right? Like supply and demand is king. And as long as we can control those two, then, then we're in pretty good shape. You uh,
0: you got in in October, Jacob, is when Dapper Labs hired you. You, you were a little behind some NBA players. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, Andre Iguodala, JaVale McGee, Aaron Gordon, Garrett Temple, all among those in an au- in an August round of funding with Dapper Labs. We talked about the NBA license, which is a huge deal, having that NBA license. This is all approved by NBA legal, everything that's going on here. Um, but how also important is it to have legitimately nba players um and and jack we can get into i know you shared one of the bogdanovich posts the other day yeah. um you know jacob how important is that
1: oh i mean you know having an all-star cast of investors is everything and it's you know as, as excited um
0: as we- i'm just igadala, i think is the only one to make the all-star team on that
1: <laughs> one. well so we have three-time <laughs> champion javel mcgee in the mix we have you know a lot of a lot of great investors but on top of those players who are obviously all like name brands recognizable, you know, Igudala helped make inroads with Tyler Hero as Miami Heat teammates. And Tyler Hero was our first endorser of the product that wasn't an investor. But then on top of those player investors, we have Union Square Ventures, Andreessen Horowitz. Like we, we have some big names in the space that have done this time and time again, from, you know, Twitter to, uh, Tumblr to any big platform you could think of, like th- these people have had a, a formative kind of craft on how those experiences and those platforms have grown. So uh, we feel really, really lucky and, uh, and honored to kind of have, again, that all-star cast, uh, be it NBA all-stars or investing all-stars.
0: Jack, so you mentioned, I, I can't remember which Bogdanovich it was. Um, so I don't want to, was it Bogdan Hawks, or Boyan? Hawks,
1: yeah.
0: The Hawks one. That's, that's Bogdan. Right, Jacob? Um, That's right. uh, So Bogdan Bogdanovich is not only on the platform, but the one moment that he owns is a Bogdan Bogdanovich highlight. Um, Jack, what do you take from that? And I know that you know some powerful people in the sphere. Have people in the NBA world reached out to you since you've
2: been uh, active in the trading space? So I'll say the one most interesting to me, fun fact, is he bought his jersey number of the Hawks, But in the moment, so his true jersey match would be the number eight, I believe, which which is interesting. It's one of those things like the market's kind of going to determine. But it's just cool to see him own his own moment. Um, But he owns the, the it's the Kings highlight. Right. It's a Kings highlight, but he bought it. He bought the number 13 serial, knowing that that's what he's wearing in Atlanta. So I thought I thought that was pretty cool. But from from the people I've talked to, I haven't seen a lot like I know they're invested, but I haven't seen guys technically buying up their moments. I know that Topshop might have some plans to to work with the players in the future. Um, But I don't know any
0: for those of you working on uh, listening on audio.
2: I don't, I don't know anyone who's actually bought their own stuff. I'm sure Tyler has some of his stuff in working with you guys. But I do believe it's public knowledge that you guys hold moments to potentially, you know, give to players in the future.
1: Yeah, um, that's certainly part of the plan. Uh, just to kind of clarify Jeff's uh, positioning earlier. Bogdan has more than just his own moment. He also got a N- Nemanja Bielitsa moment and he opened a Deck the Hoops pack, which is a legendary pack, um, and he pulled a Jason Tatum. So nice. he was quite excited with that pull, and he's got plenty more in his collection still to come. But yeah, he is officially the first uh, player to own his own, his own moment and uh, anticipate there will be many more of those to come soon. It's worth noting Jacob went to Emory
0: and when we were in college, he used to send us like Snapchats. I'm not getting you in trouble. I don't think Jacob like Snapchats from the Hawks locker room. And this is like Kenny Atkinson as an assistant coach. And it was a different time for the Hawks that I feel like people were just happy to hang out with Jacob in the locker room.
1: (laughs) Well, so my senior year, they won 60 games. So that was was the
0: good year. You're right. You're right.
1: That was when things turned. Yeah, that was, uh, it was a fun ride to be a part of, um, but yeah, absolutely. I, I think Bogdan's just the first of hopefully many hawks to join the platform. I want one, one thing on the sort of how
0: the whole thing works. I'm not good at crypto, as in I have no idea what I'm doing with crypto. And a lot of people, like me, myself at first, was like, part of the reason I was deterred was I hear crypto and I'm like, I'm out. Um, what I've been doing, and I've, I've been trading a little bit, is uh, all actual cash that I'm putting in. Should someone like me be worried, Jacob, or what's the difference here?
1: Yeah. So I think that's really good uh, context, Jeff. Like what we wanted to do. So, Roham, our CEO, his theory is every 10 years or so, there's a technological revolution. And that started, you know, maybe in the 90s with personal computing and then the internet. And then we got to social media and then we got to mobile. And now the next big thing is blockchain. And with each of these technological revolutions, there are two commonalities. Number one is gaming and number two is porn, right? So we're obviously- what you say? (laughs) we're We're definitely not in the porn game, but we are in the gaming space. And what we're trying to do is basically what Farm Bill did for Facebook, right? Like Facebook was known as a social media business and then gaming came to Facebook and that's when it really took off. We want to make blockchain and crypto, non-scary words to the average consumer. I had never been on Coinbase before. I, I, you know, there, there's not too much in my background that would suggest I'd work for a blockchain company. But the the merits are very straightforward. We are a gaming company that is trying to democratize the internet and make new ways for collectors and sports fans to get in on the action. And uh, NBA Top Shot's our first or I guess CryptoKitties was our first approach. CryptoKitties was the first game launched on- uh, Can launched you explain CryptoKitties to people that might not know? <laughs> Absolutely. So CryptoKitties was a blockchain game launched on Ethereum in 2017, and it basically broke Ethereum. Ethereum is another blockchain platform, uh, similar to Bitcoin, but Ethereum has more open source for building. You can kind of think of it like Roblox, where you can build in within the Roblox world. Um, until that point, all crypto, all crypto was pretty much just around currencies and gaming was not yet a thing. So CryptoKitties was the first attempt to launch gaming on blockchain. Uh, it was kind of like Neopets, uh, where you can buy these uh, NFT non-fungible token digital kittens and you could actually breed kittens and build up your collection. Of course. So course. Yep. Um, Which, that- by the way, just it's perfect segue to the NBA. Go on. Absolutely. So that went really, really well, actually uh, raised nearly 30 million in revenue and sales. Uh, But basically, it proved that like, gaming is a real thing for blockchain and Ethereum is not equipped to handle the demand of a massive game. So what did Dapper Labs do? Uh, We went back to the tool shed, we built our own blockchain called Flow. Flow is going to be the preeminent blockchain for gaming. And NBA Top Shot is the first flagship, uh, flag, flagship uh, crypto on Flow, so to speak. When you say gaming,
0: because I deal with this every day, are you talking about video games or betting?
1: I would look at NBA Top Shot as a game. Um, okay. there, there is lots of activity, and certainly there are more gamification mechanisms in the, in the works. But when you are on NBA Top Shot and day trading like it's Robinhood, that is a game in a way, right? Like you can be good at it, you can be bad at it. There are skilled players, there are unskilled players. And it takes strategy and it takes uh, an understanding of the NBA to some extent, and certainly supply and demand to make the most informed decision. So I think we can see this in a multitude of different ways. Uh, We have a contract with UFC coming. Uh, We have uh, Dr. Seuss in the works. There are a lot of IPs that are already joining Flow. And I would anticipate with NBA Top Shot success and based on uh, the meetings that we've had with other leagues, NBA is just the first and hopefully we'll have many more to come. Jack, I will give you a one fish, two fish
2: for that LeBron dunk. Let me me hop in and just say I come from, I, I wouldn't say a background, but I've studied crypto and Bitcoin and all that stuff. What's beautiful about flow, which is all you need to know, is they're doing everything on the blockchain all this crypto stuff and if you're new to the site you would have no clue you don't need to get it and that's the key here because like you said it is a scary concept but you can deposit with the credit card you buy and sell nba players who you know like you actually don't need to know the same way people are always like well how is bitcoin created and like what's up with the the miners and all that stuff how, ma- like, how many conversations have you had at the dinner table about how we actually print dollar bills? Like, No one wants to know that process. No one cares about that process. We just know the supply and demand in theory. So that's what Flow does amazingly. Is like 90% of people don't even know they're playing on a blockchain. So I think that's what's really special about it. Um, well, Jacob, well, I
0: can think of one friend, by the way, who is on the NBA Top Shot, but might not be the biggest NBA fan.
1: Yeah, you, I, I, I you're thinking think of, of the
0: same person that I am, right? I, I am. And Alex. he's
1: trying to be active. Yeah, uh, he's uh, no, he's he's a smart investor, as we both know. Uh, his, name's Hec- <laughs> his name's Hector. Uh, so, uh, but but man. but what I what we were gonna what I was gonna piggyback off of Jack there is like on top of the fact that you don't need to know it's existing on blockchain. I think like the the really cool element of it is that because it does exist on blockchain all of your transactions are secured and it makes sure that you have a record of every transaction you've ever made and uh when the time comes that jeff is now uh you know collecting and has accumulated some nice uh nice wealth on the platform he'll be able to withdraw directly to his bank he'll never have to interact with a different cryptocurrency again directly convertible into us dollars and as Jack said, you never need to know how it works. Just that the sausage is being made responsibly and that you're you're in good hands.
0: Well, let me tell you guys. So I'm 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 tr- you know I'm buying and selling, and a lot of what I'm doing, I'll be honest here. Is buying and selling is not like I want to have this highlight to show my friends. I don't want to, I, I know that I get bonuses for sharing on social. I shared one clip on Twitter and it notified me that, you know, I need to share, I think it's three or five to get some extra po- bonus points. I don't know if I'm going to do that, but you know, I start to wonder because how many people are jumping on like me and thinking, here's like a fun, way to uh i I shouldn't i should backtrack on that i love the nba i enjoy these highlights i do find them incredibly interesting these moments i'm not necessarily going to be someone that has to open a pack every week of my life that's just not going to be where i am at this point in my life so i'm looking at value and flipping things you know how do you expect both of you guys expect this to sort of this market to change eventually that people are really purely in for the fun and not just to make money
2: but to collect well on club top shot last night we had some some fun conversations because we had jeremy Levine on, who bought the jaw or bought the zion number to one which is a serial number and the first mint so it was cool hearing from his perspective he has no interest in gaming he has no interest in he his model growing up the business he wanted to start the business he wanted was a sports stock market so he's looking at nba top shot as potentially robin hood for sports in the future me i grew up opening packs playing fifa playing 2k madden ultimate team so i see a world where in my head it's like you own a lebron cosmic you go play nba 2k through a partnership with the nba pa dapper and top shot and he's a 99 overall and i can go play with him. so like the utility, which we, I don't even know if we touched on before, is so high. But I think there's a lot of debate right now about what that does to market prices. Will people ever be in it for fun? Are just the commons and the bases going to be for fun to trade or to have to show off? I, I think people can say what the opportunities and options are long term. But I think like even Roham, I would guess, has no clue where it could actually end up going. Mm-hmm. I was actually going to follow up on because that was going to be my next question for Jack.
0: I know that you're a big NBA 2K player. A lot of people have compared this to NBA 2K, my team that you're collecting uh, cards, you really legitimately are collecting cards, but that you're actually able to play with them. You're not able to play with the moments here. But what similarities do you see? separately because i hear you talking like maybe they're going to merge one day Yeah. separately how do you see the the, them being similar for especially because there might be some gamers
2: that follow me that are listening to this that are wondering about the similarities i would say the closest thing i've seen is like challenges right so in all these games is building out these challenges which will redeem a player top shots kind of replicated that model um and then I don't know. It's just a very interesting concept of what it can be. So I don't know what it is necessarily today, but similarities wise, like opening packs, you just have, I would say it's this, you can open a pack today in NBA 2K21 in nine months when 2K22 comes out, what's that pack worth? It's worth $0, but you're spending, there's millions and billions of dollars spent digitally already on stuff that actually just goes to zero with top shot. In 2023, as long as the platform continues on, we're going to have value in these things. So I think that's like a similarity, but a difference as to why I can see the platform succeeding.
0: Uh, and Jacob, I guess, as we're kind of wrapping this up, it was the original point of this podcast was what is NBA top shot? I think we've tried to a- uh, answer a lot of questions here in the simplest terms. For someone that's jumping in here that is saying, I work in the sports space. I follow the sports space. I'm a diehard sports fan. Why should I do this as opposed to other stuff going on?
1: Yeah, I think Jack hit on it really well. Like there is a theory out there that this is the sports stock market. And there's never been something like this before where you can have immediate liquidity. You can say, I think Joel Embiid's going to have a big game tonight. He has a big game and sure enough his value goes up and if you want to hold on to it because you think Joel Embiid's an MVP candidate then you can hold on to it for as long as you'd want you own that moment for as long as you want to own it and so I think it's kind of taking the best of daily fantasy sports where you have a hunch that a player is going to have a good performance and that leads to legitimate value accrual of your collection it takes the best of kind of playing the stock market because I don't really know what goes into like Delta stock going up and down other than kind of arbitrary metrics. Um, with this, like you can tie uh, value directly to performance, but also like how cool the highlight is, how cool the player is, what the serial number is. There are a lot of variables, but it's honestly pretty straightforward once you're getting the hang of it. Jeff, I, I think... From where you were, if you started maybe a week and a half ago to now, I'm sure you have a much better grasp on what you're doing day to day. And I think that's part of what makes the, I don't doubt that there's a little bit of apprehension about getting your collection started. But I think like what I would say is, what do you have to lose other than $20 by putting $20 down and getting your first pack and seeing where it takes you?
0: Yes. Well, I think that that's something you don't have with the stock market is that you can open a pack and you can just imagine you could just get random stocks, uh, if you open a pack like and and we're having this conversation, you know, the the stuff that's going on right now with GameStop, AMC is absurd. And, uh, you know, I know, Jacob, you blew up our, uh, our our group chat today with your takes. I just stayed out of it. Um, but, you know, there's something similar here. And before we let you go, Jack, first of all, I want to reiterate, you do um, so many things. Snapback Sports. If you're not following it, follow it. Start on Snapchat. But you can basically watch your content or listen to it anywhere. Um, And one thing that kind of what Jacob just touched on there, I wish that I was in earlier, I needed you to pay four forty-seven thousand five hundred $47,500 for a LeBron moment for me to get in. Basically, that was like, all right, there's money here. Let me see what Jacob's been texting me about nonstop. and And I probably should have done this. But you always seem to have this entrepreneurial eye for the people out there watching. Where does that come from? Oh, we don't have time for that. It comes the from quick, a long... quick
2: elevator pitch, quick elevator pitch. What are you looking at? I mean, being first, uh, new technology, which I think Jacob mentioned before, right? Like we live in a digital age. Like, please wake up and acknowledge that you're listening to this on your phone. You're then going to go on Twitter. You're then going to go on Instagram, then TikTok. Everything we're working from home now, like there's not even human interaction right now. So everything is digital. So to act like physical and tangible is like that's all that's going to matter in the future, I think is silly. So uh, relying on trends, technology and just having an eye for that stuff, plus a passion. I love the NBA, I love watching the NBA. This was like the perfect combination of all of that. And it's why like I've done a a million podcasts. We do Club Top Shot. Like it's so much fun to talk about because it feels like you're early in. And uh, you know, like you said, I think people are now having that feeling of regret. Oh, I'm too late on it. Okay. There's going to be a moment sold for a million dollars. Like there is, there just is. Is it going to be at the all-star break in four weeks or six weeks? Honestly, potentially, yes. Probably by the NBA playoffs, $1 million, which means the highest sale is going to 10X, which means everything else in theory will 10X. We're still so early. There's 30,000 users, 40,000 users. I don't know. But there's 300 million global NBA fans. So you think you're late it feels a lot like the people who bought bitcoin or didn't buy bitcoin at 400 and it went to a thousand and then a thousand they're like okay i'm too late now it's at four and now it's at 30. and i still think by the way you're early if you buy bitcoin at 30k so just because you can't have that remorse of not coming in come in play around and like jacob said open a pack for 20 bucks I have not talked to a single person, even, I'm not going to hate on Top Shot, we've had a little issues with getting packs and and site maintenance. I think they'll be the first to admit. Working on it, Jack. Yeah, I'm not throwing them on the bus. But even with that, I've not met a single person who did not enjoy their Top Shot experience. And we do Club Top Shot, 600 concurrent people on a YouTube channel that normally is getting 150 for DFS stuff. Like The excitement around a product Is insane. So I think we're. What
1: inning do you think
2: we're in, Jacob? If you had to guess,
1: I think we're bottom of the first. I really do. I think we've got a long way to go. Uh, I am really excited about some things that are in the works that I can't disclose on this show, (laughs) but Jeff, you'll get the exclusive when I am able to (laughs) disclose. Um, Yeah, I really think we're in the bottom of the first. Top of the first was like uh, up until like pretty much three weeks ago. And then I think when. Uh, Tyler hero hit, um, started plugging on his, on his socials. Uh, we had Val McGee go on the boardroom. I I think that really changed, uh, the trajectory and now there's so much excitement. And, uh, one last point, I know, I know we got to wrap up, but, uh, Jack was saying like, we live in the digital world, like sure, And and I know Jeff mentioned earlier that, uh, he anticipates an app. I don't know if we're ever going to have an app. But we have, a, we have a great mobile interface. So if you want to go to nbatopshot.com on your web browser, you can interact as if it's an app. But we will have an app, not only the mobile game called Topshot Hardcore, but we're also going to launch an app that will kind of exist as your trophy case. So you can go on the, you can take it on the go and you can show friends or flaunt to anyone that you have, uh, that you have some, some awesome moments in your collection. And uh, to Jack's point, this is the future of digital and just got to either deny and and never grow up or or embrace the change as it comes. It is NBA top shot, the virtual
0: home for, I guess I'll, I'm not, this is, no one's paying me to say this, NBA moments, uh, buying and selling, trading, whatever you want to do, open packs. Uh, Where can we follow you guys? Jack, uh, Snapback Sports, where can you be followed?
2: Uh, at Jack settlement, Twitter, Instagram, snap exports, every platform, uh, come to club top shot. I think Jacob's joining us Thursday night, January 28th, but that's on YouTube. Uh, it's on Pete Overzet's YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. It's been so much fun. All
0: right. That means I got to get this out before you're on that show, Jacob, <laughs> um, Jacob, where can people find you now that you're the community lead here? I feel like we need to <laughs> don't know find him on discord.
2: Just
1: <laughs> don't plug the discord. Yeah. So we've got a discord that's grown 30,000 people in the past month. That's just exponential growth. We're, we're experiencing there. You can follow me on Twitter I, at Eisenberg 43. That's E-I-S-E-N-D-E-R-G 43. Uh, and let's chop it up.
2: Very similar Mostly to just to, Nick's. To
0: chat. To <laughs> it, it's a lot of Nixon, King Griffey Jr. Talk. Um, Jack Settlement, Jacob Eisenberg, NBA top shot. Thank you so much for joining me guys. Thanks, Jeff.
1: Take care. Be safe.
0: If you made it this far, I appreciate you listening to Eyes on the Prize. Hope you enjoyed NBA Top Shot talking with Jacob Eisenberg and Jack Settleman. Uh, if you like this podcast, subscribe. I'm going to start really digging back in. I mean it this time around. Uh, I'm really going to dig in with a lot of guests and a lot of topics that I want to discuss um, and have some fun with it. And I hope that you know uh, part, of the, part of what I'm doing here is, is trying to educate people on different topics as I learn with them. I'm trying to be curious, and I hope that that was reflective here in this podcast. You can follow me at Jeff Eisenband, J-E-F-F-E-I-S-E-N-B-A-N-D on all forms of social media. And yes, of course, I'm always looking to get sponsors on this podcast. I'm not going to lie about that. I'm not going to hide that. Uh, if If you're interested, let's talk. Again, thank you so much for listening to Eyes on the Prize, and I will...